No, 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 no. Uh, we're, uh, we're calling it the Corninning. It's the Corninning now. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, can we, can we do this again? Can we take it from the top with the Corninning? interesting halfway through the last episode because children of the corn is a series sucks it's really bad there's barely any redeeming the highest rating any of these is going to get is two and a half for fuck's sake death by dvd halloween the corn ending how long have we been doing this i don't know time anymore we've been locked in a room with no lights on and all they keep doing is playing children of the corn movies to us it's he who walks behind the rose yeah but what does that mean we're being punished and we don't know why we're being punished and i just plead to you if, if you never hear from i alexander nash or i again we're somewhere locked in a room and they just won't stop playing these movies tell our parents that we loved them so we're going into children of the corn five Fields of Terror. Which the five and eight. No. It's Fields of Dreams. No, it's Fields of Terror. And what was this, 1996? I don't know. I think it's 96. <laughs> 1998. Uh, well, oh, it's even further. And I wonder what was going on in horror around uh, We brought up previously, too, God knows when most of these were filmed, because part three was, or part four was filmed in 1993, but part five didn't come out till 1995, so... There's a lot of weirdness. I mean, uh, who knows how long these were shelved? We've mentioned before. Not all of these probably were Children of the Corn movies. It's just a big cavalcade of fucking corn. Well, but this, this one, one has Alexis Arquette in it, so and that's good. the point I was getting ready to try to make. Because what was going on in horror in 1998? What did Dimension have big success with? Oh, I don't know. Scream, Halloween, H2O. Movies where we put a bunch of young, good-looking, so let's get David actors Carradine and Fred the Hammer Williamson. Let's slam them well, together. Let's get Eva Mendez. Let's get Ahmet Zappa for fucking no reason other than to have him Janet Lee at the beginning of the film. Two Zappas. I think two Zappas are in this movie. Uh, yeah, but Ahmet's the only one I recognize. I think maybe his sister's in it. Yeah, Weasel's definitely not in it. Um, no. But this movie, I mean, I respect the director, um, Ethan Wiley. He also did um, House, like he's the writer of House. He's one of um, Fred Decker's good buddies. Directed and, House uh, 2. And he directed House 2. And as a director, though, this movie is directed fine. It's just the story fucking suck diving into what even happens in the movie is you're led into so these friends are all going to spread the ashes of a friend who dies it's ava mendez boyfriend who later on decides to just randomly burn herself fucking alive because she loves him so much all of it's incredibly vapid and transient because it's all this perfect hair nobody does anything hey wouldn't it be funnier if uh, and alexis arquette acting his ass off you know really giving it the college try but everything just seems to fall short and like you'd mentioned with ethan wiley nothing's particularly directed bad but it's not even like an episode of saved by the bell or 90210 it's like a fucking radio commercial it just doesn't era of have anything 
like everybody had to be an annoying douchebag. You had to have a character who was o- overly concerned with sex. You had to have a character like everybody's trying to do jokes because the script writer has to be as quirky and funny as possible because of people like Quentin Tarantino. Well, that I mean, too, Kim like Williamson. Let's take a minute to shit on your generation. That was sort of the Gen X thing. I Everyone's. Sucked. Well, everyone's very sarcastic, you know, Daria sort of thing. Looking back to the liquid television era of MTV, just blah. I mean, what was there even a soda that was just completely made about being bland? That was it. We're bland. We're Gen X. We're grunge. We're boring. We're meh. So it appeals to that just deep level of sarcasm. And that was the 90s. I mean, even like Seinfeld was its own creation with Larry David and his certain level of cuntiness. But like throughout the 90s, even Friends, King of Queens, all that shit, it's just bitter sarcasm and people arguing but, and bickering. There's no character development. What that fucks up in films, especially horror films, is you inherently make your audience take it. makes it a fucking seriously. comedy. Yeah, it you, makes I'm, everything like whatever. It's just, you know, it's a horror film. Let's all be self-referential to horror films. Let's well, like the first Children of the Corn doesn't show any specific graphic violence, but it allows you to know all this stuff is happening, even with a really great, awesome-looking, well-shot massacre scene. Then you have something like this that's just vapid and non-stop arguing all this characterization, but no character development. Yeah, there's no character arcs. There's no reason to get behind or care about any of these people. You like them because they're who you're supposed to like, I guess, but you just want to know more. You want to know more about what's happening either with the kids, the cult, how has it been continuing? This, again, doesn't really feed a lot into the myths. You've got... A new prophet at the beginning of the movie, a kid is walking and kind of like the uh, the Joshua tree burning gets possessed by he who walks behind the rose and becomes the new cult leader. They've lost all their garb. Again, it's sort of a modernization of what's going on instead of sacrificing. The original movie had the greatest form of sacrificing these giant corn crucifixions, just great imagery. It worked. It looks cool. Now they jump into a giant fire in a silo. So you've changed things. You've got the same aspect. He who walks behind the rose triumphantly returns as to where he was missing from the last movie. Uh, he, she, it, they, them, Randall Flag, whatever you want to call it. So you're feeding into, again, the Stephen King idea. I think this is one of the first ones that says nothing about him. I don't think he's credited or given a name. This is specifically just Children of the Corn V. Tries to restart picking up, like, it ignores what's happening in three, it ignores what's happening in four. Part two could very well happen. So if you wanted to take this again, like I mentioned earlier, is uh, watching them sequitur, you could do one, two, and move into five. But five completely, nothing, none of the events of part three are referenced ever again, and the events of part four and that prophet are never referenced again. This at least returns he who walks behind the rose. Part five, they had a little bit more faith in. They were trying to put a little bit more money into it. They're trying to re like jumpstart the series again by like casting some young know, upstart actors and trying to really push it into that same scream universe they had going. And I think they just kind of failed miserably in what they were trying to do because, again, Children of the Corn inherently has fucking bad story that you've repeated over and over and over again as opposed to adding things onto it changing it up a bit it's just the same basic story of creepy kids who are religious nuts who want to sacrifice people that's as far as we're going and then we're going to fill it with a bunch of fights a bunch of sexy girls a bunch of talk about fucking blowjobs and stupid shit and then it's over and 
this is why I hate the 90s, why I specifically hate the late 90s in horror. I know there are a lot of fans out there of movies like Urban Legend, um, Valentine, all these sorts of, like, I hate them all. I think they're all mostly garbage. I think Scream is mostly garbage, though, too. So, I mean, come at me. I like I mean, Idle like, Hands. Idle Hands is okay. Um, it still played a little bit into that more modern horror thing, but it had a sense It of played humor. into the modern horror thing, but I think, like, you could relate. Well, I mean, it, that has to do with the age group, and it also has to do with the fact that you can tell the people are really, like, with Scream, with Urban Legend, with Valentine, with all these films, there's something incredibly cynical about them all. It's very cynical to the point of just we know what we're doing. We know what we're trying to make. We know what you want. That's when we started getting soundtracks of all these bands. Like we're, we're going to we're mostly concerned about selling a soundtrack. Oh, Scream was the things. pinnacle for that. That's what yeah. started it majorly. I mean, Scream kicked off and then you had like I know what you did last summer. Use typo negatives, summer dream. And they're just selling culture. That's all they're trying to do is. Sell oh, that's the big product. Here. That's the thing with what we're dealing with here is this, again, is another one of the we got to keep pushing this product out. We know somebody's going to buy it on video. We don't want to lose the title rights. But you had an OK concept in a story and you're returning to something new. There was not enough attention to the child profit. That's one of the scariest things about the Children it's of the, the Corn. It's the only interesting thing because your characters yeah. are never going to be interesting in Children of the Corn. Never. You're um, protagonists. You could. You could find somebody interesting. You could even uh, make it somebody inside the community as a lead character trying to Escape. There's so many different options that the series really could have taken if you know somebody had paid attention. Not or had... random dude from New no. York. Show. Yeah. it's just never that interesting. Well, it becomes almost like a Friday the Thirteenth movie of each time. Well, it's just new counselors. It's just new people coming in. People are stopping, but it's not even a shut down town anymore. It's lost that charm. So uh, in part five, bringing forth a new child prophet. Okay, we've got something cool. It's a weird little freaky kid. He's like, he's like Dewey from Ezekiel. We give him another religious name. Oh, I mean, but he's like Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. He's just some like little striped shirt kid getting into mischief. He stands for nothing. He doesn't deliver any incredible biblical speeches. There's nothing scary. That's what's really missing. And when you die into this religious fanaticism. I mean, sure, you can take it as a stab. Religious. Religious. Religious fanaticism. I don't know. I don't know. None well, of those sound right, but go ahead. Not even trying to take a stab or attacking a Christianity, you can come up with just horrifying concepts. Like one of the major things delivered in the remake is they keep reminiscing and bringing up that this is a god of the Old Testament. This is a sacrificial god from the Old Testament. It's a Canaanite god. It's something old, something different. That feeds into like H.P. Lovecraft, uh, ageless terror, something you can't understand or know, but it has power. Power. It's older than time. Just concepts that are fun, and this kid is being delivered into them and is bringing a whole new crop of innocent children to kill adults. That's the point and purpose, but you've got some lame teenagers, a bunch of people in their late 20s, early 30s, playing 18-year-olds It's completely not believable that are all perfect-looking, that can do no wrong, somehow trying to fight these children with lame Chucky-style one-liners. I mean, uh, Alexis's death scene is ridiculous. He's pinned under a car being stabbed with a screwdriver and somebody's burning him and he pulls the gas line and says something some John McClane dumbass one liner and then the car blows up okay so why did I just bother even giving a fuck about any of these people that is somewhat present with the first movie like we mentioned how uh, nobody you know really seems to like the two lead characters that don't have anything for you or 
a character arc for you. The remake, again, kind of delivers something differently. You just need something if you're not going to focus on the children. And that's what's scary. It's the religious-ical religious fanaticism or he who walks behind the rose. A bunch of really pretty people aren't the selling point. Yeah, and I just, overall, like, the one thing that does work for this movie, and it shouldn't work at all, is the Fred Williamson, David Cronenberg, weird, flamey Faceburn, baby. Fucking whatever the fuck that was. I mean, Don't worry about him. He's been telegraphed. It's just shit happens. Yeah, oh, David like, I don't even know what's head happening. fucking explodes and a flamethrower comes out of it and burns Fred Williamson's face off and then he dies and then Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle is like, eh. it makes <laughs> no sense at all, but it's great. I, love I don't know it. what power that is. I don't know what power he who walks behind the rose gives you to turn your own face into a flamethrower after you rip it off. I Not just sure. want- like uh, the backstory or contact from Fred Williamson of how like that was translated to him. Cause I don't feel that he read that script and went, yeah, this makes perfect sense. You know, I, I he had he cared. It was a paycheck, man. I don't know. There's a lot of effort that went into that scene. He had to care a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't like he just showed up and got it done. Like there was four or five hours of makeup and a lot of test Did shots. Did they have Cubanos on the set? Did they have cigars? There was five bottles of Cavassier, and somebody had He's to ch- carry it. Yes, no questions. You're going to pay me, and you're giving me a box of cigars? All right. I'm good. Yeah, if you go to IMDb, you can actually find out a true fact that somebody had to choke David Carradine every 30 minutes on set. That is a falsity, sir. Don't be making up urban legends about the man. I would never lie. He liked rough sex. What more? I will just say it right now. David Carradine liked rough sex. He liked to be choked. He liked lots of weird shit. There's no shame into that. No shame, David. No kink shaming. I'm not kink shaming him. I'm shaming him for getting bamboozled by two hookers that stole his money and probably methamphetamines and managed to strangle him to death. You got bamboozled. That's what happened to David Carradine. It wasn't some murder assassination. They probably didn't even know who he was. They went, that's a white guy with a lot of money and meth. Let's kill him and get out of here. And they did. And the poor son of a bitch, he was Kane from Kung Fu. He was capable. He could transcend, but he just wanted to get choked. Him working out with that garden hose really helped. Rest in peace, David Carradine. Rest in peace. This is, for me, a one and a half um, and a lot of the lack of um, stars in this is the sheer fact that it was made in the 90s and I hate that era. I hate the the aesthetic. I hate all of it. It's a one and a half and it's a two. This movie is mostly garbage. I, this is one of those movies that you get about a quarter of the way through and I'm rooting for it. I could give it a high rating. I'm really enjoying it. And then it just completely spirals out of control. And it's really when the deaths start happening. Eva Mendez's character gives herself over to the cult because she's turning 18. Okay. 18, maybe 29, but that's all right, whatever. And she just jumps into the silo and kills herself. Uh, Maybe they couldn't afford her anymore. I don't know. Just some of these characters are written off. Nothing's really treated well. Nobody has any meaning. And I know I'm asking for a lot out of the fifth Children of the Corn sequel, but I do like a little bit of meaning here and there. I'm just going to stick with your rating. I can't go higher. I can't go lower. It's fair. We agree. On to Children of the Corn 666, Isaac's Return, where we really start, like, stop giving a shit at all. 
Well, we start we stopped giving a shit, but maybe we started giving too much of a shit because John Franklin returns as a writer and an actor in this movie, and they try and ignore absolutely everything else. But this one always will hold a special place in my heart. It came out in 1999, and I remember constantly seeing ads for it, and it just was built up as this is the best. And, you know, we've talked about this before. The scariest movie of the year. This is the best. This is finally returning to Children of the Corn. And the poster I fucking loved because it was all green, and it had this big sickle with John Franklin's face in the background, and it was like Carrie Shamrock Green and just said Children of the Corn 666. I Isaac's return. So, of course, 1999 being younger and edgy, 666 heavily appealed to my interest, and I had to have the poster. Well, this came out, and I was like, okay, they brought John Franklin back. Uh, I'm surprised that as a writer, he didn't write himself like any character or anything meaty to do as a character. He just is kind of really reserved. It's baffling because you had the concept and it's not a bad story. Like, okay, Isaac's not dead. He somehow survived and has been in a coma. blown up and having sausages glued to his face. And then they throw this goddamn monkey wrench in of somehow the 12-year-old had a kid, but okay, I mean, maybe he wasn't firing. Possibility. There's a possibility. Yeah, there's a possibility behind it, but there's not a lot of explanation. But with that itself, you could dive into this whole new world of Children of the Corn, return to the He Who Walks Behind the Rose, go deep into this really cool, scary idea. But instead, it's like a weird... It has like a cheap sci-fi thriller feeling to it. Like, it has no sci-fi aspect. It's got Nancy Allen in it. I was glad to see her return from obscurity. It has no sci-fi aspect, but yet it holds that weird, almost Star Trek, The Next Generation, or a Deep Space Five, Babylon Five feeling. Like, it's filmed that way and feels just almost tacky. Like a Deep Space Five. Tacky TV sci-fi. You know, it had that... I get it. And then yeah. you, you correct yourself with Babylon 5, but it's just it's funny how your brain works sometimes. You know, Deep Space 5, Babylon 9, those shows. They're the um, same thing. They're, they're both the ta- thing. They're tacky space shows, both ripped off from the same idea of exploration. It's all the same garbage packaged differently, just like Children of the Corn 666, Isaac Return. Well, this one is like a retreading of the original bullshit again, and John Franklin has nothing to do. He's probably the best actor here. We've got him and Nancy Allen. They're just kind of... Hey, 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 hey. Stacy Keach. Oh, well, who gives a shit about Stacy Keach? Oh, so much bad shit. He's half a guana, dude. What What do you... you got to give him credit for being able to come out from under his heat lamp after all he's been through and film roles like this. Can't believe that is still going. I didn't even songs. write it. It's not even uh, my joke, man. I'm carrying on like a 40 year old joke at this point. <laughs> I'm letting it live. Um, but it's just the whole concept behind it of, well, Isaac has a kid and that kid left and came back. They don't know. And now he's really about. edgy. Sort of looks like Zach from saved by the bell. Uh, and I like this is where I really start dropping off from even bothering watching children of horror movies. I stopped paying attention to them at this point because they were just like there wasn't anything there for me. They but you have so much help. They didn't have good stories. They didn't have good filmmaking. They were just like this is bland product bullshit. 
All right, well, let's go into like Children of the Corn 666. Uh, according to IMDb, we'll read their synopsis. As a teenage girl comes to Gatlin to find her biological mother, the town's infamous cult plots a comeback as their leader, Isaac, awakens. So you've got some okay concepts, like all the adults are children that were still there when whatever happened to Isaac happened to Isaac. He goes into the coma. He The children save him, and they all grow up, and they all have these roles in town from the sheriff, to the lead doctor everyone looks after him and Isaac's son is raised within the cult and the understanding of uh, what is happening and he who walks behind the rose and the faith there within so everyone is interconnected and you've got this like massive inner town cult they've all lived past the age of sacrifice awaiting the return of Isaac so you know kind of like Christ coming back to relinquish everyone from sin Isaac comes back and is supposed to save the day and then from that point on the movie just drops and just goes to absolutely nowhere and it's a bummer because that concept in itself is fun like you could have really run with that and done something kind of scary and refreshing and delivered a more Stephen King idea going back to the very first concept in the movie and the short story but it is very dated it is 1999 everyone's beautiful and Tommy Hilfiger out the ass and like Isaac's death after his return he's killed with a bar through his chest after his son is levitating over the ground and says some really sarcastic John McClane shit it's just like really bad one liners that you can imagine Bruce Willis saying because hey yeah I think he's doing a whole game show gimmick. It's just, it's comedy. A personal pet peeve of mine, it's not in this movie particularly, but you've brought up um, last lines in horror films. When you're killing the big baddie in a horror film, um, and this has been the last 10, 15 years of horror films. That's been like 20 Um, at this point. I mean, we're going back to 95. I'm, I'm talking very specifically about a certain era. It's usually when the douche bro horror film came out is you end it with, usually the final girl stabbing or whatever and saying the clever line and ending it with bitch or fucker or motherfucker. It's just like, Oh my God. Could I mean, you even write better than that? Look oh, at like scream that they, uh, she shoots Skeet Ulrich and he's laying on the ground. And so he always comes back and then the big shoot in the head. So, I mean, you're starting a lot earlier with this. Well, dump what shit. I'm mostly talking about is, can you imagine in child's play when Andy throws the match in and he goes, this is the end friend. If you said, this is the end, Bitch. It's just like I'm so tired of the word bitch and motherfucker being just thrown. It happens well, in the Evil Dead remake. It happens in almost every horror film. The new Friday I have a good Friday thirteenth, same deal. I have a good term for it. You're I call terminated it, fucker. I call it the super bad generation. It's just trying to be clever without actually being clever. So let's say fuck. Let's say whatever. You know, just throwing in something Jane Silent Bob, Kevin Smith humor, just say a dick and ball joke, say a fart joke, just toss something in because people are gonna laugh at it and it's just a cheap thrill. And unfortunately, Children of the Corn six 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 Isaac's return is a cheap thrill, but it does possess a lot of fun concepts. Just none of them go anywhere. And it sucks because John Franklin's return, even as you mentioned, probably one of the most talented people people in this and it's got nancy allen and stacy keach it's got a good cast but john franklin's somebody you wanted to watch i mean you watch that first movie he's 23 years old he's so dynamic in it and then this is just yeah like he's bored well i mean i'm not gonna fucking say the guy's olivier but he is delivering some pretty intense dialogue in children of the corn and as a 23 year old that capability you really wanted 
you know, years later, 1999, him to just be this powerhouse, this, you know, big Marlon Brando, thick dick Rick, just just wrecking the movie with awesome speeches. And he's just a nothing character. And like we said with part five, nothing happens. It doesn't apply to the rest of the story. If you want to follow my whole Children of the Corn thing, let's let's go back to the beginning. So you can do one, two and three or you could do one five and six one three and five one and four or one and six so to at be this fair point, though that's the same thing with halloween so whatever well it's not even that intense with halloween though at this point we have like five or six different forks in the road in which you could watch this series with halloween you can do what part one two and the new ones or you could no, do no, part no, no. One, three it's one two four five six or one, seven, and eight, or one and, I guess, technically, like, what? The new ones. Yeah, just the new ones. Like, the, the one that came out last year was, it's a sequel to the first one. Part two doesn't even exist anymore. It's like, oh, my God. Well, I mean, you're entitled to do whatever, and that's kind of, I guess, the fun of filmmaking, that you can take an old story and do something new or reconstitute things. And, you know, people complain and they hate remakes where some of the most treasured movies of the eighties, like the thing is a, a remake, but it reconstituted an idea and did something absolutely new and original with it. And like children of the corn six, it begins to do that, but it just completely falters and becomes another obvious studio film where something had to be produced and something had to be done. And it's a shame. Like John Franklin was a co-writer on this, the idea of bringing him back, he got at least pull it all for two or three movies. I mean, it's you could have really kept Isaac for a while. It's the cinematic equivalent of a saltine cracker. It is just with a no toppings. One. Ain't even a Ritz. A very, very stale cracker. All right. Well, I guess that'll wrap up this week's or this week, this day. God damn, this is going to be a long week, Hank. Um, this day and I guess tune in tomorrow for more. Oh, do we rate it? Uh oh, yeah. To rate it. Let's rate it's it. Crap. It's a one and a two. It's nothing. I'll give it a two and a one. You're a fool. All right. See you tomorrow. We walk back into the corn. Hopefully we return. He who walks behind the row will judge us. in front of he who walks behind the road.